Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us, the show about all things Disney. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tunnell, Griffey D-Pad, and with me, as always, is the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? We live in a strange world. See, I can make jokes here about a movie called Strange World that I was referencing oh, yeah. before we started recording tonight. But it's I kind of where my brain went. Because then like, no one has any of the context for those jokes. Nope. And then I'm just left in a very awkward position. What's no, up, Instead, y'all? you're in a position where you're trying to explain the fact that you weren't. That Look, the I, 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 I've already dug the, the hole. Me. I dug the hole immediately this week. Yeah. And I feel like that's right. impressive that I need to call that out. That's a great start. Really. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are talking today about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, so one I've been looking forward to for quite a while now. Super excited to finally be doing this episode. Uh, of course, there's just two of us today. This is a newer movie coming out. So, of course, we're going to start things spoiler-free and then jump into spoilers a little bit after that. But we do have a rigmarole to get through first. First up, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us. If you're listening to us on podcasts, there is a video format of the podcast. Go check it out on youtube.com slash at D plus us. Link is in the description. Uh, we got plenty of stuff over there. We have our weekly show all about Marvel's Secret Invasion, episode by episode, week by week. We've also got some trailer reacts. We haven't had a trailer to react to in a while. And if I'm being honest, it's kind of nice. Like, we had, like, trailer after trailer. Like, there was, like, a three solid three days where, like, seven trailers dropped yeah, over the summer. No, there was no break in us. And we're already busy enough, as is the summer, with so many movies coming out. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube for all of our reviews about whatever's coming out and whatever week it's coming out. One final thing. Uh, there is a video up right now onto the YouTube channel all about Disney's lawsuit with Ron DeSantis. A 40-minute long full breakdown of everything and the possible ramifications of it. Go check that out. It is was it was a labor of love. Uh, seriously, it's a, it's a good video. Um, all that out of the way, let's talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mitch, what did you think of this movie? This, this is an okay movie. Um, for me, at least, um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Uh, I'm not sure if I needed to see this movie or if this movie needed to exist. I'm glad that it exists. I think we talked about this a little bit before we started. The, the adventure genre doesn't really exist to any great capacity these days. I think we were talking the last one that... I could think of that was a major box office success were the Jumanji films with uh, Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. And it's just, it was nice to get back to a summer blockbuster film that felt like a summer blockbuster film, if that makes sense, where it was just turn your brain off. Hey, a character that I like and a vil an actor being portraying a villain that is very good because he is good at playing villains and you no know, chases and gunfire and, Probably 15 minutes too much of a de-aged Harrison Ford, which was weird and off-putting. I didn't but, find it that weird. I, I, I've kind of gotten oh, used to Lucasfilm's BS with this. So, 
Alas, no, I don't think we will. We will get to that. I do not think that that is going to age particularly well and feels more like a proof of concept of how they can use AI image mapping to overwrite somebody's face with a different face. That's fair. That's definitely fair. And it's been something Lucasfilm has been playing with for a while. I personally am on the entire opposite end of the spectrum for you. I love this movie. I think that this is genuinely a good action or not action, good adventure movie. This is, to me, one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Part of a heavy, heavy hand in that is nostalgia. I will be the first to admit Indiana Jones uh, is one of my favorite film franchises ever. Raiders of the Lost Ark being one of my favorite movies ever. So it's not shocking that I'm going into this like, I love this movie. Especially when I am the only person below, was the only person below the age of like, 70 in my movie theater <laughs> like it was there, actually there were a lot of older gentlemen that were hooting and hollering in ours too and it was an advanced screening as well so it was kind of weird that they still got the audience that i would expect for a movie like this yeah i went and saw it the th- at 3 p.m on the thursday it was released well that's and that's why i was the old, going to the movies there. when the old people are going to the but movies here's the thing that theater was full that theater, a large IMAX theater, was full for Indiana Jones okay. and the Dial of Destiny. The The old folks showed up. I don't know what to tell you for that one. But no, I really enjoy this movie. It is not without its criticisms. There's a, a large chunk of this movie that I don't love. Um, there's particular characters in this that drive me batty. But ultimately, I think this is a fantastic place for us to leave India at. I think the I, I will issue, agree. I'll agree with you there. Yeah. Well, I really like where Indiana Jones as a character is left at the end of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, I hate the alien twist so much. So much of that movie is actually kind of fun, but that alien twist just ruins it for me. I See, like I that. I kind of didn't like the twist here either, but we'll get to that. I like that the twist in this one is actually rooted in history. And not sci-fi bullshit. Like, I like that the Dial of Destiny is actually rooted in history and not sci-fi bullshit. I like that this is an adventure film through and through. It's got all the classic things you need from it. Globetrotting, traveling by map, gunfights on top of trains and car chases. And ultimately, that is the core of this movie is that it is an adventure movie. Um I also always, it's Indiana Jones, I have to shout out the greatest composer to ever compose for movies, John Williams, um, bringing it, bringing it with this movie. Um, you can tell that yeah, he I had a conversation also... With a, I, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. She's a music teacher. Or like, yeah, you know, just between, um, I think it was, we were talking, it was between Hans Zimmer, John Williams, and for me at least, I have a soft spot for Alan Silvestri who composed the Avengers films. Um, we, we, we live in a golden age of uh, film scores to work to. Right. And I love it. Yeah, I went yeah. on a road trip right after seeing this movie and I tried to play Indiana, the Indiana Jones theme, um, March or Raiders March as much as possible while not also not annoying the shit out of my little brother. <laughs> yeah. I got through I'm about sure maybe three in a row well. before he was like, please, for the love of God, let us listen to something else. And so I turned on the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> now, I, I really do love the music in this. I do think it's worth saying. It is a shame that this is a box office bomb. Um, 
but again, also I, I don't think there's a the only movie to come out this summer that hasn't been a box office bomb is Spider Man. So, and do you want to have the conversation here? Or you want to wait till we're in spoilers? No, we're waiting. No, we're I, waiting till the end for that one because that's a big that is a big <sighs> long one that actually requires us talking about the plot to talk about why this movie is a bomb. Very true. Um, I did want to talk about the adventure movie stuff though up front. Before we do that, let me hit y'all with the facts so that we can just have all of this out here. Uh, directed by the one and only James Mangold, who you may know from Logan. Um, James Mangold just kind of keeping major franchises on his on his resume, and I respect it. Uh, starring the interview he did regarding Logan and how Marvel just wouldn't let Hugh Jackman die. Yeah, I did, and I'm I'm right there with him. I am right I there. Saying, with I don't him. I don't disagree with him, but. With the leaks that we've gotten around Deadpool 3, also lots of Deadpool 3 leaks out there on the internet. If you don't want that, the movie spoiled, you just don't go on the internet. Um, it's going to be a fun time just based on what I've been hearing. But at the same time, I understand where he's coming from. Of like Hugh Jackman is like that should have been the the swan song for that character, similar to what we've got here with Indiana Jones. I would love it. Like, I would love it if Hugh Jackman's in that movie for maybe a minute. I know they're not going to do it, but I would not love that so much. That would be a very um, Ryan Reynolds thing to do. It and would. He just turns the camera. Oh, you thought this was a buddy cop movie? No, I'm killing everybody. I'm starting with your favorite. Nah. Um, yeah, directed by James Mangold, uh, starring Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Antonio Banderas, John Stavies. Toby Jones, Boyd Holbrook, Ethan Isidore, and Mads Mikkelsen. Music by John Williams. Runtime of 154 minutes. Uh, with a budget, we don't know exact, but somewhere between 250 and 300 million. And a current box office of 247.9 million. This movie's not making this money back. Um, not a chance. All in all, I like I said, I really enjoy this movie as the adventure movie that it is because we just don't get adventure movies anymore. Like yeah. we talked a little bit about this before it started, but the first last one I can really think of that was like a pure adventure movie was Strange World. And after watching this movie, I really was reminded with how much I love this style of movie, right? These globetrotting, let's explore the world, let's look into our own history and our weird ways. I think we talked about it a lot when we looked back at the uh, National Treasure television show. Yeah. Or not television, direct to streaming Disney+. Plus. Disney but, Plus series. But, yeah. like, watching this movie has sent me down a rabbit hole of rewatching adventure movies. Like, I rewatched all the Indiana Jones stuff uh, before this movie came out to get into the vibe, because I, again, love these movies. And now I'm going back and watching the most finally watching for the first time the most recent tomb raider movie watching the Angel oh i thought you were England. gonna say kingdom of the crystal skull i'm like that movie doesn't exist we don't have to watch that no i rewatched it uh i get that's why i can tell you that it still sucks but i even went back as far as like watching the mummy in 19 from 1999 you know the, oh the God, bisexual like... dream where like seriously every single character in that goddamn movie is hot as shit uh, there's trap central it's it's so just... interesting looking at adventure films as a genre like the ones that we reminisce about, the ones we have nostalgia for, looking at The Mummy, uh, National Treasure, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Sahara. Um, what's another one that's like, they're not good movies. That's the thing. Like, they're, they are not, they are not, like, some of them are good to, okay to good movies. See, I would tell they're, you that some of them are great movies. I would tell you The Mummy, is, 1999's The Mummy, is a great movie. I would tell you it, that Raiders yeah, is tell a great me Mummy movie. the Scorpion King is a great movie. Oh, God, no. And that's where I'm at. Like, 
there are more misses than hits in that genre, but we still, there's just something about that way of storytelling that regardless the quality we all have like everyone can name an adventure movie from their childhood that is not a good movie that they absolutely adore oh yeah absolutely and i think that's the thing about this this these movies right is like the reason they don't get made anymore is a they're super expensive b pure adventure doesn't make money like we're seeing it with this is a pure adventure movie like there's action in it but the the point of this movie is the adventure that they're going on, right? Like we see other adventure movies out that are, have more focus in terms of romance or comedy or sci-fi or fantasy. And those are still well and good. And those are still doing well. Um, what's the one with about like the romance writer that goes, this is going to bug the shit out of me. If I can't remember it. Um, 50 first dates. No, but that's also a great movie. <laughs> um, the Notebook. No, you're you're, you're, you're not, the Lost City. Three. The Lost City is what I'm thinking of. Oh, right. um, a, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Um, it's it is definitely an adventure movie, but first and foremost, oh, it is a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a it is a rom com yeah. before it is a, an adventure movie, and I never saw that. I want more adventure movies, but like I said, they just they don't make money, and. Part of that is because of how expensive they are to make. Like a lot of these kinds of movies rely a lot on physical effects, which is definitely where this where Dial of Destiny feels a little bit off with how much of it relies on CG. So yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I would love a world where we are getting those adventure movies again. I wonder if there's a way to make these films. Like you, you look at horror as a genre, right? And there is a lot of low budget horror that gets made and some of it hits and some of it misses. Like that is a genre that just doesn't like the, it, it's the way that a story is written or a way that the story is weave through, you know, the different set pieces, the different characters, whatever the case might be. You can tell an adventure movie without having to break the bank. Yeah. With horror, a lot of these do because they become these globe trotting larger than life we have a bunch of explosions or a plane crash or, you know, motorcycle chase, whatever it might be. Um, there's got to be a way to do it low budget and just have it be like a, like create genre films in this genre the way that we have with horror. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can, you really have to bring it back and you have to use your money well when it comes to adventure films with your set pieces, right? Like, yeah, I'm not saying, I don't think you can do it in the same way horror can. Where horror, where horror is very easy to do a lot with a little. That's like the entire reason the horror genre exists, especially indie mm-hmm. horror, which is some of my favorite stuff to go check out because it's just wild what creativity can come from those kinds of deals. But okay. sidebar, why has my TikTok feed just become spoilers for the Insidious franchise? I don't know. I Mine don't has like not, horror so. movies, but everything is just like it's this one account. It's like here's the plot of Insidious Four, but before the new Insidious movie comes out, here's the plot of Insidious. I'm like, I don't need to know. I, I'm actually kind of glad that I'm watching or understanding these films through TikToks and not actually watching the movies because <laughs> I crap my pants. You know, I thought so about like, making TikToks like, okay, like that. Okay, this is interesting. Like it's like, supernatural. This is spooky, but I'm I'm not a spooky boy. Uh. Uh-uh. I thought about doing TikToks like that of like, hey, here's the plot of XYZ movie before we go into the live action remake of it. But God, those, that's, that's a lot of effort to put into a TikTok. They, I, 
It didn't seem too bad. I mean, I'm just more thinking of editing, editing time than anything else. I try to go yeah. as little effort as possible in our TikToks. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we'll, no, I we'll think... I, w- I want to see more of this. I think you can do really fun things with what you can have. You know, use forests for full ability. Use ruins to what you can use. Use your deserts. Use your natural scenery to make things change. I like that, at least in this one, right, we have a mix of cities and, I guess, wilds. Like, you know, not necessarily ruins, forests, desert, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Like, I mm-hmm. like that so much of this takes place in cities, but is hearkening back to the actual, like, ancient roots of said places, particularly yeah. with uh, Syracuse being, like, this central point to the entirety of its story. This starting in New York, him at um, at Hunter College, like, I want to see more stuff like this. I don't think yeah. we will. But I, w- I really want pe- more people to take a shot at the adventure game, especially now that this massive adventure franchise is coming to an end. Yeah, and I like I really do hope that this is the end of this character. There were rumors for years of like Chris Pratt or um, like a, 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 a couple of actors picking up this mantle and being the new Indiana Jones. And I don't like Indiana it, Jones it is, is a role like like this is a role that should not be portrayed by another actor. They tried to replace Harrison Ford's energy in solo for better or worse. And audiences just weren't about it. And I don't think you, I think you would see a similar reaction to anything that tried to do Indiana Jones. That wasn't Harrison Ford. So Disney has confirmed that this will be the final Indiana Jones movie. Um, Kathleen Kennedy has reaffirmed no one will ever be recast as Indiana Jones. And frankly, if there was ever to be a recasting, frankly, Harrison Ford would have to have passed. It would have to be years. We're talking like decades, decades upon decades before this ever happens again. And it's very rare for us to actually have that. This is one where I actually believe it. After seeing what Harrison Ford went through to film this movie. Like, the dude hurt yeah. himself so many times during the filming of this movie. Like, he broke his... He broke the record for the oldest lead in a Disney film. Like, just just, just think about it. The, Disney, the Walt Disney Company's been around for 100 years, and this is the first time that the lead in their film, a film, any film from this company, has been 80. Like, let, let him rest. Yeah, he deserves it. He did, now he's, he's given in, us so much. Now he's on Marvel. He's never resting. But, you know, Harrison Ford doesn't want to rest. He liked working. So. No. Um, seriously, some of the interviews with him around this movie have been, like, so heartwarming. It's, it's, it's really... I love love this man so much. Um, so, yeah, we've talked about adventure movies. we talked about this movie. Let's actually jump into the spoilers for this movie. So, folks, uh, if you haven't seen the movie and don't want it spoiled, go see the movie. Come on back after you've seen the movie. We won't fault you for it. We won't fault you for waiting until this comes out on streaming services because movies are expensive. Um, all that said, full spoilers starting now. There's, there's so many places to go. We could talk about the graphics. We could talk about Matt Mickelson. But I want to start CG. at the beginning. I want to yeah, I was going to yeah. say I want to start at the beginning. I have no issue with the CG young Harrison Ford. I have I think that it's a little dumb. 
especially when you know we have actors like what's his name from solo who's like being is now having replicated a young harrison ford and i get it you want to portray this version of indy that we've already seen in films so yada yada yada. other people could have been cast on it my issue isn't even with that my issue is that this is a 25 minute long sequence to set up as a forward for the rest of the movie yeah this movie was about 25 minutes too long and i think 15 to 20 of those minutes were here um I do have my own reservations with the C- the CG young Harrison Ford just because for me it does feel like and I I kind of touched on this earlier it feels like a test like it doesn't it it doesn't feel like it's the final product like there there have been interviews done now of like you know it took a hundred VFX artists this like three months or whatever it was to use a whole bunch of AI tooling to 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 make this work and that it's mostly Harrison Ford but they're using all this old archival footage to like make it work and make it look like a realistically young Harrison Ford. And I think the tech is getting close, which is the scary thing. But for me, my eye, it's just, it wasn't close enough. It was like trying to watch something like it was like trying to go from a PS3 game to a game on the Wii of like, I can see there is a significant dip in quality in parts. And it, my eye is just, it's to the point where it's still seeing things like that. Looking at like 60 FPS versus 30 FPS in games. Like you, there are people that can see it. There are people that can't. And for me, this sequence of young Harrison Ford in this movie was off-putting to my eye of, it was really difficult for me to look past it when it was like the light was built, was bending in a way that was all like, it was uncanny Valley. It was almost right, but it wasn't, it, I had there a was couple something of about of it. There was like a film over his face. Almost. It was weird. I had a couple of moments that, but all in all, I thought it was really good the way they did it this time around when, you know, the last time we did, they did this was with uh, Rogue One. And I mean really did this where we were actually talking about it. Um, with Tarkin and then with Leia at the end of that spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen Rogue One by now. Um, Spoilers for everything. This we should do a Rogue One episode. That movie's awesome. Have we not done a Rogue One episode? I haven't done one with you. I mean, I would love to do a Rogue One episode. I just kind of thought we'd done that already. <laughs> that just kind I'll of feels like a, it feels this, like a no brainer, right? Like because we you love probably that did, but it was just before my time. Um, no, I I think it's fine. I don't think it's fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but it's definitely better than where it used to be. And I think it hits more often than it doesn't. I think it hits in the spots that it needs to. Whether it's the moment where he gets shot that we get get callbacks to, the moment where he puts on the hat, or where they pull off the um, the bag to reveal Indy. The moments that they need to hit, I feel are fine. But for the, and for the most part, I don't care in this regard. This I tech being I, in Lucasfilm's he, hands is why I'm okay with it, because they typically have a level of grace to when they use this, right? They don't use this in the way that, like, spoilers for The Flash bringing back all of these old characters without actually approving it with the actors, with the people that own those likenesses that might have extremely reservations, extreme reservations, or in some cases they're no longer around, can't provide such. And the reason they're no longer around was that role. Um, yeah. I'm trying to say this in I the least triggering I, way possible. Yeah. I think for me, for the CG, I wouldn't have had as big of an issue with it if the scene wasn't 15 minutes too long. You give me two two or three quick cuts to this, and then the rest is him fighting Nazis, looking at the back of his head, fine. 
it was just it was too long so having to look at this repeatedly and seeing it was there but it wasn't quite right and it just i don't know See, i still think the issue there with length is not seeing him i think it's just the entire thing is too long like i get the we need the important things to show in the dial but we don't ever actually go back the dial for the dial to be there like the dial is just already they already went and picked it back up and yeah. whatnot and I think we could have cut a lot of this, but at the same time, I love how much at the core of Indiana Jones is just punching Nazis. I do. I will Which never I'm not okay love with that. that. Like, yeah. remember, folks, it is okay to punch a Nazi. Um, I like this. I like uh, Basil Shaw as a character. What they did here is cool. Setting up Mads as this nobody, nobody mathematician, not even a scientist, mathematician to then end up working with NASA under an alias to do all this. Like, I really liked this, what they set up for the rest of the movie in this. It just feels so long with a MacGuffin halfway through it. Right. Like they're going after a artifact that doesn't even matter for the rest of the film, which is kind of funny to me. I love that they, I do love though that they brought back the, uh, yet another artifact revolving around Jesus Christ. Like it's just such an Indiana Jones thing to do to have this nothing artifact be related, related around Jesus Christ. And I just, I love, I love that they did that and it was like, oh, it's a fake. And that wasn't even the MacGuffin they were here for. It's like, okay, this is awesome. Like that was a, I really like that the way that they kind of subverted the expectations there. I think that's Mangold kind of stepping in his understanding the world of Indiana Jones being like, yeah, it's another Jesus stick, except it's not because it's fake. But the real important thing is the thing that the Nazi scientist is after and not, you know, the, the, the bad or the, 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 the shooty shooty Nazis, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think alongside that, there's some really fun stuff in this as well. Like I've mentioned, love watching him being the shit out of Nazis, but like everything on top of the train was cool. I love the wide shot of him walking down the train, like holding his hat. And, like, these classic shots, right? And admittedly, you know, a lot of these, like, big sweeping shots are the ones that don't involve the, that heavy CG. So they do have that look. It is a little weird how much of this movie is shot in the wide. Like, so much of this movie is shot at a wide, at a wide angle. Which is something I only really noticed after a second viewing. But, yeah, I think... I think the CG is fine. I think... Ultimately, as much as that 25 minutes should have been shorter, it led itself to the rest of the plot fine. I think. I guess. Th I think, though, that is where my big issue is, though, is within that first 25 minutes. I almost wish that this was a flashback, like we got a little bit of old indie first in one of the flashback. But then again, you know, uh, Last Crusade yeah, like does if, the exact if, same if thing. If, so. if it had, like, interstitched the flashback bits with like, oh, and this is that dial that he just so happens to have in his, you know, uh, library thing at the school. Like if they jump back and forth and it wasn't just 25 solid minutes of World War II Indiana Jones, I think I would have had less reservations about it. Like it would have been interesting of like, okay, this needs to be told. So let's tell it right before it needs to be told. And we'll jump back and forth between past and present because then that CG on Harrison Ford wouldn't have overstated its welcome for me as a viewer the way that it did, right? See, the editing for this one very much feels like it's trying to invoke the feelings of um, The Last Crusade. Like, this is a very classically edited three-act structure movie. Um, and that you can't tell me that that opening isn't directly based off of um, Last Crusade. With that awesome 100%. twist at the beginning, right? Of like, 
Yeah. Oh, the yeah. kid's the one who's Indy, not yeah. the other guy who's dressed up exactly like As Indy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it definitely feels like that vibe with just trying to make it fit into the story, which I'm like, I respect it. I respect what you're going for here. It just drags. Um, an adventure movie dragging is not always the best thing. It's, I would say any movie, dra- you don't want your movie to feel like it's dragging. And I, I was talking about this with some friends this weekend of, I think part of the blockbuster fatigue that I'm feeling personally when I go to the theater. And I, I think like the movies that I see, I still very much enjoy, but the, proper litmus test of a blockbuster film for me now is did I check my watch? If I check my watch at any point during your film, it was at least 15 minutes too long or dragged in parts where you don't want it to, because otherwise I don't, as a viewer, there should be no desire for me to look away from the screen and to look at my watch. And I definitely did for this. I did in elemental. I have in almost every movie I've seen this summer, except Spider-Man. So here's my question then for you. How much of that is these movies and how much of that is just where we're at with attention span for these movies? Like these are still long events. I can very much like, I know it's hard for me to not check my phone and regardless of whether or not how much I love that movie. I mean, I'm not checking my phone. I am. I mean, my phone is my watch. I should say that I don't have a watch. So I'm checking my time on my phone. I have a smart watch, but I do turn on like the cinema mode. I turn on do not disturb. So it literally is just me being like, how long have I been sitting in this chair? My butt hurts. I'm old. My popcorn is either stale or gone, and I need to pee, but I don't want to get up and miss the last 15 minutes of this movie, so I'm not going to get up to pee. I'm not to that point yet. I'm not that old, okay? I want that out for the world to know now. I don't need to pee in the middle of a movie yet. Um, okay, for what it's worth, by the way, my... folks, there's no shame in having to go to the pee in the middle of a movie. That is not uh, no. You that go, is not you an age when thing. you got to go. If you need a catheter, if you need, you do whatever you got to no, do. Here. Okay, if, if you need a catheter depends, in a movie theater, that might be a little far. If you're wearing Depends to the movie because you have to, because you can't miss a second of the Navi doing the water things or whatever the heck that movie was that I spent three hours watching and still don't understand, you do you. As long as it don't smell, it doesn't affect my, my theater experience. Again, but, blue people too, electric blue galoo. They, they got blued. Whatever. Um... No, but for me, it's more so like I, I have the attention span to watch a two and a half, three hour movie without it being, you know, without feeling like it drags. But everything that I have seen this summer has had a moment and I'm like, uh, I want to close my eyes for a minute. I want to stretch. And maybe maybe it's just the frequency that I've been going to the theater this summer. But I think I'm wondering it, if that's it, because like, we have seen a lot of shit this summer. And that's not even saying, like, you and me in particular have seen a lot of shit this summer because we are here reacting to it and whatnot. And, like, we love doing this, like, not to make this sound like a chore. But, but there's so much that, coming like, out. Right, right now, there are still Transformers and Mission Impossible in theaters that I want to see. Barbie and Oppenheimer Wait, Mission Impossible like a week. Out. Yeah. Shit, I missed that. Or advanced tickets are available. No, it comes out on Wednesday. Okay. Whew. Sorry, I thought it was out because I started seeing people react to it, but then I realized... I follow a lot of influencers. Going to quick to get my ticket for this weekend. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, I'm running into vacation mode now. We're like, I'm less than a month from two trips that I'm taking back to back. So I'm not seeing movies for a couple of weeks. We've got Haunted Mansion in like three weeks. Barbie and Oppenheimer in a week or two. Like, there, it, it's a lot. 
Yeah, there's so much. Even for out, the average know. moviegoer who's going to go to maybe one movie a month, like it's still like there's a lot, and a lot of what I've seen hasn't been able to hold my attention for the entirety of the film. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that this one in particular was that way for you because I was like glued to the screen every second. Of it was movie. it was close. I got very so I got before I checked my watch. The point where I checked my watch was the most absurd thing in this movie. It was its Crystal Skull moment. Was the time it travel? Was, it was time travel. What the? F we didn't. I'm need sorry. Time do not. You, don't you dare say that time travel no. is as bad as the fucking aliens. It's not as bad, but it doesn't live up to the supernatural elements that we got in um, in Raiders or um, Last Crusade. I agree with Raiders. I, I completely disagree with Last Crusade. I, I will also say that this film for me in the Indiana Jones hierarchy of films, it's a mid film because it is the third best movie in this franchise. See, even then I wouldn't call it a mid film, but has that mid, mid admittedly mid, something. mid with regards to my ranking of it amongst other Indiana Jones films. The thing about this one for me is like, yeah, it's not nearly as good as two of the greatest films of all time. And it's, and then there's, Temple there's of Doom. two of two really bad movies. Temple of Doom is a bad well, movie. Real, like Temple of Doom is not a. Uh, for me, Temple of Doom is an okay movie, but I enjoyed this more than I did Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. Like I like I mentioned, this some is that, one of some my. Some of that is nostalgia, though. That is some some nostalgia in there. Like I mentioned, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Like, and for me, it is the the nostalgic moments of it that hit for me the ones that bring back the the vibes of those old movies. So like the going back in time, there very much felt like going into the chamber in. Um, in Last Crusade, of, Last it Crusade. was it just kind of felt right within like the weird supernatural shit Indiana Jones has done in the past. Like it, the moment for me that like really kept it all together was when she was when um, Helena was looking at the tomb and she saw the propellers on the Phoenix. And we have this moment of um, Archimedes being like, "No, we can't fuck up time here, guys." <laughs> Like, we've already messed it up enough, but clearly it was supposed to happen because time travel rules, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I think it could have done... This is another point where, if, like, I think they could have done better ways about it. Like, everything with um, with Teddy sucked. Um, I did not like Teddy. I don't like this I child. Liked, I like Teddy the way I like Short Round. But, again... Good part of bad movies. I, say, I think I be how much I love short round makes me like Teddy less. Oh, okay. Like I just I don't like this kid. I get that he is supposed to be the the short round. How short round is indie he is for Helena. Like I get that. I understand why it is the way that it is. Ultimately, he feels kind of pointless in this movie. Like, he doesn't really does. have a reason to show up except for giving Helena something else to care about that isn't money. Yeah, I think what's interesting with the characters of Helena and Teddy is we don't... It, it, it is funny looking back at Crystal Skull and everyone seeing that movie is like, this is terrible and I don't want Shia LaBeouf to be Indiana Jones, which I get. But we're not hearing the same thing said here, which is why I hold out hope for the Tomb Raider series that we're getting with... Uh, with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And we don't know Waller that Phoebe Waller-Bridge, for what it's worth, is Lara Croft. We just know that she's working on the, the project. Um, oh, okay. Because she, she, was, she also does that. producing. She also does writing. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge could be Eddie or all of those things on this project. But I do trust her within that regard. You know, she's done amazing work. 
regardless of whether or not you think they're good movies, there are people out there that love the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies because it's an adventure movie. They are campy and terrible. The Alicia Vikander one, which I I really love that Tomb Raider. That movie was like a really good movie. I genuinely just saw it for the first time like last week after watching this movie. It it is a a good time. Like, it's it's not, fun. Okay, it's not a good movie, but it is a fun movie, which is what I think adventure movies do best. They're not good, but you're never not going to have a good time watching one of these movies. Like, I was I was at the cottage last weekend, and Sahara... No, um... I think it was Sahara. Which... Are you aware of this film? Vaguely. So this is a... This is an adventure movie starring Matthew McConaughey, Steve, uh, Steve Zahn... And I want to say Penelope Cruz and it's not good, but it is a heck of a lot of fun because these kind of movies are regardless of the quality. See, I, I feel like a lot of these movies are good. I feel like we've also just good or I feel like a lot of these movies were considered good when they came out. We just consider good to be something else now. I feel like we conflate a lot between good and great. Well, that's the thing for me. Like, okay movies, which a lot of these adventure movies are, are still worth watching for me, at least. Um, I, like, a 6 out of 10 video game, a 6 out of 10 movie, which is where I would, like, if you had to put a number on it, that is okay for me. It's like, it's fine. It's passable. It, it, it is something I can sit down with a bag of popcorn and enjoy. It doesn't have to be good. It can have flaws. The acting can be awful. The writing could be throw words at a wall and see what word salad falls off. Like, it doesn't have to be great for it to be a, a a movie experience that you want to experience. It comes down to your personal preferences. I love adventure movies. Most of them suck ass, apart from two of the greatest movies of all time, which are in this series. But ultimately, I enjoy watching them regardless of the quality because it's a fun time. Like, people who watch horror movies because they're, you know, masochists or whatever it might be. I'm not saying you are. You're really coming for the horror movie fans in this episode. Please don't get mad at me. I love love people that love horror movies. Don't. But I'm just, I'm trying to paint a picture. Um, If you love horror movies, you're going to watch bad horror movies because you still enjoy horror movies. I love superhero movies. I've seen both Ghost Rider movies. They're awful, but I've still seen them. And I enjoy re-watching them because I'm a lunatic. Right? Oh, yeah. We followed that our thing. I mean, yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation to go into some other time about, like, what does good versus okay versus great mean anymore? Because, like, yeah. I feel like a lot of these movies that we say are okay, to me, are good. I consider good for the same reasons people consider them to be okay. So I think mm. it's just an interesting thing overall. But I want to get back into the actual movie because we haven't even really talked right, about, any of, talk about the, a movie. any of the actual, like, during, quote-unquote, present time of this movie stuff. Like, everything in New York I loved. Every bit of New York yeah. was awesome to me. Uh, the moment Sala shows up, I'm in fucking tears. That was great. The the chase scene, the CG horse and Harrison Ford on it. Loved that, it. Thought it was great. <sighs> okay, agree to disagree because I thought that looked like ass. That was like flash levels of CG for me. Oh, thought I thought it looked totally fine. I thought it looked like a weird ass fucking horse would look right. right you, and, New York. you and I see CG very differently. Apparently. Dude, I for me it was at that point I was already accepting that this is a weird ass weird ass movie, right? Like I okay. recognize that this is where it's at. We are going to be weird. This is like your Nazis are still around after the Apollo Eleven launch. And we're still fighting them. Like, the brain is turned off at that point for me. So maybe it doesn't look perfect. 
But guess what? It, a horse running through a Apollo 11 celebration parade, going down into the New York subway, barely missing a train car, that's not going to look perfect. That's, you know, that's that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved all of this, especially story-wise. Absolutely brutal to the, the other professors. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that was rough. That was like some of the most violent Indiana Jones has ever been. And this is so the I, this is the franchise that tore people's faces off. I want to tangent a little bit because like I know you've been playing it a bit and I have as well with Final Fantasy 16. And like that game is brutal. And like I have the same feelings watching this that I do playing that of like, oh my god, they're doing this in this? Like this doesn't make sense, but it like, set the stakes. It's funny that yeah. It did a really good job of setting the stakes with this um can the the um, clobber, I think is his name of this trigger happy motherfucker who oh, is Oh, bright uh Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook, yeah. Yeah. Um like setting the stakes of he is insane and then we've also got this mountain of a man who's essentially yeah, just tank. jaws from James Bond. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You have these cartoonish villains that I love, but you really set the stakes in reality of these people being dead, and Indy like actually seeing him being like, "Oh shit," and like actually seeing him grieve a little bit before eventually having to go up and do, save the world. Yada yada yada. But like, there's still some weirdness to it. Of like, yeah, we're fighting quote unquote. I mean, modern day. I wouldn't call it modern because it's the Apollo 11 mission, so it's like the 80s or whatever. But we're we're fighting Nazis post World War II, and you've got a bunch of Americans that get onto a plane, and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna go back to Nazi Germany dressed as Nazis. This will end well." Like, well, I kind of assumed is- they were all Nazis. So, yeah, okay. I didn't I didn't really draw that because I don't really associate. Because the being thing a about Nazi it was, I like the I like the maybe CIA that's just twist. not being American. But. I liked the CIA twist and all of this because like. If you didn't know, there were legitimate U.S. government programs to try to rehabilitate some of these scientists. Um, yeah. Where we got the fucking nuclear bomb. Um, hey, that's how we ended up with Hydra. Yeah. And this is far from a unique uh, plot point in movies. <laughs> um, no. Uh, no, I like I liked the CIA twist. I actually wish they had done more with the CIA agent. That's another, that was another note for me. Like I liked the CIA agent. Yeah, that was a waste. Uh, Again, this was another character that had potential that they kind of like, oh yeah, you're here to eat a bullet. And that's it. And that's disappointing. The fridge is large these days. Um, Yeah. No, I really wish they'd use this character more and like actually had her getting strung along more by Mads Mikkelsen. Who has a name? He does legitimately have a name in this. His name's Jürgen Roller. But he's Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, it's Mads Mikkelsen. Antonio Banderas kind of gets it a little bit as well because it's Antonio Banderas, but anyway. Oh, I mean, also given how long he's in the movie, you don't really have much time to learn his name. Fair. The moment I see him, though, I'm like, yes, I love this man. Carmen turned to me like, so we got to our viewing a little late. And since it was this advanced fan screening or whatever, it was kind of first come first serve on the seat. So we're like. I don't know how your theaters are set up there, but like you've got the main section in the middle and then the aisles. There's usually like a group of like two or three seats to the other side of the aisle. So we were in one of those. We we're like right off to the side. So it was like she didn't she felt more comfortable like leaning over and whispering stuff to me. So she turns to me and she's like, Spy kids. I'm like, Yeah, it's Antonio Banders. <laughs> yeah, I 
love everything. I want to go back to Sala for a second though, because I love how much how important he is into this movie with how little he is in it, which is John just Davies just kills it every moment he's on screen. In it's a testament to his so acting, but also just the role of Sala in Indiana Jones being this pivotal character in the first movie. To he is the entire reason. He is the entire story behind the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. But he also has mm-hmm. the single best line in this entire movie. Um, and I, I keep it. I'm. I gotta. I want to put this on something because it is such a great quote. But it's. I miss the desert. I miss the sea. And I miss waking up every morning wondering what wonderful adventure the new day will bring to us. Like, and you can just, feel just the enough is like. Pain. I want. I want to. I just want to hug you. I want to jump through the screen and give you a hug. Like you can feel the pain in him. Like. Like, he's here be- to give his family a better life, but he misses the adventures that he was on within he. Like, you can feel that age growing up. And I think Lucasfilm has a kind of hilarious history at this point of making their pivotal character old men bitter and angry at the world for whatever Gary's I mean, that's just reason. because they've had Harrison Ford be the lead in, like, a third of their films. But they've done that with other characters, not just Harrison Ford. Um, although admittedly it is kind of funny that Lucasfilm has done it to Harrison Ford twice Um, but to have Sala be this more hopeful version of that was something that I thought was so so important into this and especially setting it up to go into Indy's relationship with Helena to set up where Indy is at the beginning versus the end of this movie everything that happens in Tangier it's just so so good um, some of those more action moments are also like pretty good, especially with Harrison Ford being up there in age. Like, yeah, I like how they use snakes. This one in particular, like that having it great. be eels yeah, yeah. instead of snakes, and like they're just water snakes. Well, like the car chase in Tangier and stuff is a lot of fun. Like there are set pieces in this film. Similarly, like everyone wants, likes to talk about how Uncharted was something inspired largely by Indiana Jones, even with even down to like the supernatural elements in those those video games. And a lot of this was like, it almost felt like it was paying homage to things that the game did after being inspired by the original indie films. And I kind of love that, right? It's like yeah. art imitating art, imitating art. I mean, which, that's always been the fun of adventure movies, right? It's they're constantly playing yeah. off of each other. Mm-hmm. Give us more adventure movies. If I got to have a point in this episode, it is going to be that I want more adventure movies, damn it. Um regardless the quality right give me national treasure three you cowards look last we heard cage had the script so give me journey three around the world in 80 days with brendan fraser okay actually no no going back give us a give us another remake of around the world in 80 days give us another version give me dora two okay we don't need that I never saw the first one it's actually not bad um it's kind of weird though that they did that with a teenage dora like I feel like a movie like that coming out when it did is going to awaken some feelings in some kids they didn't know they had. As opposed to anything else that comes out that's vaguely similar to that. I've already talked about the mummy. The the idea about taking a children's character that these kids probably grew up with and trying to market a film to them starring an older version of that character, for me, just reads like fan fiction. And in not the greatest ways. It wouldn't be the first time they've done that. Of taking a 
franchise and trying to old it up to make more people interested. Looking at you, Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, did, even though they didn't, Turtles, even Power Rangers to some extent, they didn't age up the characters, Dude. but. But that movie no, also that, rocked. So that movie needed a sequel so bad. I love, like, okay. especially after that cliffhanger. N- there, there is one in this room, but I have like a dozen Megazords in this house, and like, I was obsessed with Power Rangers as a kid. I was so disappointed when they took it all down off of uh, off of Netflix, and just like, I was so ready for that movie to be great, and it was good. That was a good movie that had some issues, but it was overall good for me at least as a Power Rangers fan. I just wanted more, and I didn't get it. I'm so sad. Dude, that cliffhanger was brutal. It's a weird-looking Megazord, though. True. Um, well, I mean, yeah, a, a lot of that movie was very alien and weird, but we're not here talking about that. Uh, yeah, everything in Tangier was also pretty cool. I love the... I wish we had gotten it spoiled in the um, in the trailers for it, but I love the moment of like them going back and forth about the dial. He whips, and then everyone just pulls their guns. Yeah, that should have been, you know, less of like moments like that are the reason why I wish we didn't watch trailers, uh, whether it be for this channel or just in general. Like, I wish I, the trailers were made like I love what Marvel does where they'll just straight up create footage for their trailers. Yeah. Like, I wish that they did that for this, like have mm-hmm. that moment be unique. Obviously, they're never going to. That is a lot of no. effort for a trailer. Last, I think yeah, the dream, chase scene right? was great. And what else did we have in Tangier? Uh, just the banter, like the banter back and forth between Indy and uh, Phoebe Waller Bridges' character, like so much fun. Yeah, they really are great together. And like seeing the back and forth, seeing the flashback was so good. Yeah. Like yeah. heartbreaking flashback. That's where I, I thought the uh, the CG looked significantly better in that flashback. Um, Again, because it was it was minutes. It wasn't. A decade like that first one was. Yeah, I guess. I guess I should probably clarify when I'm thinking about how these look. I'm literally thinking of it in terms of like, stop it on this frame. How does it look just staring at the frame? Oh, like I say, not even that. Just like the fact that this, those, like those interstitched or that interstitched flashback looked a lot better because it was only like a minute or two long. It wasn't 25 minutes of that. Yeah, I'm saying if you put a frame of this next to a frame of it in the opening. Like, regardless of yeah. length, like I think it looks I better, it and looks I think that I think that's sure. a large part of that is lighting more than it is well, like and also not having to de-age him as far. as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got all that. We got the reveal of the Graphicos, which is such a cool idea. That's like, oh, we have to. We have the one half. We have to find the tablet that has leads us to the other half. Uh, it's like I like the idea. It's of the it, most adventure movie in history, but like, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just we have to find the one thing that leads to the other thing. It's like the other thing was right where the first thing was. Like, uh, uh, it just. Except it wasn't. It, it felt. Well, it was like, oh, it's on the other half of the boat. It was just like a little deeper. What do you know? Oh, you yeah, mean, no, uh, you mean like, eventually it, at the end. Oh, you mean at this point. Okay. I'm talking, you were talking like. the Graphicos, it was like, oh, there was this ship that the first half of the dial was found on. And the Graphicos was there, and they were on their way to find the second half. I thought you were talking about where the Graphicos was at the same spot as the second half. And I'm like, no, no what? No, the first half. The I, first I just half. was misunderstanding. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was fine, was like, especially with how much time had been between them getting the original 
dial the first half of the dial in the Graphicus. Um, because suppose. it was like, who was the original? It wasn't. It was it the Nazis that found the dial initially. Uh, well, it was it was Mads Mikkelsen. It was on the train, and then like I'm trying to remember where it was he, before the train. It was under a bridge. In like Germany or something. Yeah. Regardless, like there had been enough time separated there where it's like the, this was clearly found elsewhere than in that boat. Yeah. Which I think was like okay, I get it. Um, but yeah, I like them retrieving the Graphicos. I again, I love um, Antonio Banderas in this movie. He's so fun. He's such a fun character. It's a shame that he gets shot. Um, again, with just how vi- violent this movie actually is. Um, get all of that happening there. Everything underwater is cool. I love the use of this like rickety ass boat and this tube system and like this old tech stuff's like, yeah, I guess they wouldn't have modern day diving technology (laughs) back then. Um, all of it being super cool. I love the whole Graphicos. The Graphicos can be translated using one of these two languages or one of these two mathematics uh, deciphers. Uh, you don't know which one it's going to be. And I love the twist that's like, oh, Helena did actually know which one was which, and she ended up leading them into the wrong spot mm-hmm. when they go off to Sicily. It's just, it's a it's a little classic adventure movie thing, but I think it's something that works really well in this. Yeah. Um, yeah I, would, I would largely agree there. I love, again, getting them there in Sicily, in Greece. Uh, we had a little bit with the kid. I like, I don't love this kid. I he has that line here, or maybe it's earlier. It's like, I thought we were in all of this for the, I thought we were in this for all the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. which should be like a great line. And I just think it's not good. Yeah. Like this, I get this kid being so self-centered cause he's a thief and that's like their whole thing. But even in crystal skull, like the last four movies have had these characters and they've been much more lovable because they had like some, decent decentness goodness behind them this kid just didn't have it for me it just wasn't that interesting to me i like helen and wanting to take care of this kid because he's been with her for so long Mm -hmm. and i like where he's at at the very end of this film but like up until the point where he gets kidnapped i don't give a crap about this child no um all the sicily stuff Archimedes' tomb, finding the dial, the labyrinth, all everything in the labyrinth was cool. Um, there, yeah, we got like our that, classic. That, that felt very, that felt very adventure movie. It felt like a scene straight out of like National Treasure or something, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that puzzle solving is like National Treasure classic. But you can't tell me uh, Indy complaining about him being old while they're climbing the cliff wasn't hilarious. I mean, that's just Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford, which I was all about. Mm-hmm. It's. It's again. It's like it's playing up Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford's age in a way that was really good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love everything in there. Uh, again, I'm kidnapping the kid. Yada yada yada. Obviously, you can tell the folks we're going. Through, I'm going through the plot. <laughs> Them actually finding the thing, doing all the the tricks and puzzles and stuff. Another one where I wish we hadn't gotten that spoiled during the. Uh, yeah. But I, I to their credit, they did sh- give us a lot more reasoning for it in the movie, which I appreciated. Um, classic, they get... 
I, it's all it happens every time, but I love that the villain always shows up and steals the thing. Like you think that Indy oh, would dumb, be, but yeah, you would think Indy would be prepared for it by now, but no, no. Um, them getting on the plane. <laughs> it's so stupid that they all change into their Nazi gear, but makes it so it worthwhile it is, watching them get the shit beaten out of them. Um, yeah. Another again, don't love the kid just hijacking someone else's plane while he's still in it. That kid was an asshole. He really was. Um, the time Fisher like stuff actually looked really cool. Like that was one of those that was one of those points where the graphics actually did look dope. Yeah, it it did, but it was just like one of those things of like, I I don't know. I just I didn't like the twist, at least personally. Yeah, them going them going back to what they think of Nazi Journey, and then they actually go back to Syracuse, like. I can see why you don't like it. It's very far-fetched. Yeah. But I, it to me, it's just, it feels right up Indiana Jones Alley. Like, it is that classic, oh, we've got voodoo. We've got this tab or this cup, this arc that when you open it, murders everyone near it. That's not pure of heart. We have the chalice that will give you eternal life. Like... We've aliens at this point. Still hate it. Like, why wouldn't we have time travel? I I guess that's one way to look at it. It's just I didn't like. For me, the actual scenes that took place in the past just didn't look like there were. Again, it, it got into like this uncanny valley territory of like it was too clean to be a war going on in ancient Greece. At least for me, like, it, I don't know. There was just this weird f- shimmer about it that didn't seem quite right. That's fair. I, I guess... can't quite put my finger on it without another viewing, but it just like, it felt too easy. Maybe it's because I'm seeing this movie very much through rose-colored glasses and uh, through that sense of I love this movie. For me, it's like, yeah. I don't know what war in 212 BC would look like. I guess and we've already set things truth. up to for like Archimedes had this shit that clearly is like well beyond the time of two twelve BC. Yeah. So it's like okay, I can see why any of this is fine. Does it feel a little weird to see trebuchets in Nazi planes? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but that's kind of the point <laughs> is to show how much they're fucking things up for everybody. Um, I think the only point where it does get a little weird is when they're talking to Archimedes. Um, yeah, I and I, I read that. somewhere that they were like they were speaking in modern Greek, which I I get because like, look, if you're not it, gonna be able to figure out Latin, there's no way you're figuring out ancient Greek. Exactly, like I get it, but also at the same time, it's just like for a movie that is it, it was it did try to be as faithful to the historical elements as it could apart from the whole time traveling business it was just kind of odd but i i get it Third i suppose like, twist yeah it's just odd how do you feel know. about indy wanting to stay that was stupid that i fully agree that, that, that was like come on man that was dumb yeah and i like i like that the movie also ex- realized that it was dumb and just had him just knock him out. out. <laughs> and it's great watching it happen because, like, everyone except for Indy is like, go home. 
go home, dude. It's like, dude, you're gonna break Kedri. It was one of those things of like, I I tried to like when he was trying to stay, I rationalized it in a way of like uh, looking at something like Avengers Endgame and how it handled time travel. Like, okay, so it's just gonna create another timeline that's an alternate take on what's actually happened here. So any of the diversions in history are gonna be caused by that. And when he goes, when they go back, it'll still be that same timeline because the way that the wormhole worked or some crap like that. But ultimately, it. Time travel's weird, man. Like, it's just one of those things of, like, after... There's time travel movies before Endgame, and there's time travel movies after, and anytime it tries to use the old tropes of time travel, my brain is just fried. Yeah, like this, where it's like, it ultimately doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I thought it was dumb. I understand, like, Indy's motivation behind it. I thought it was, like, a good place for his motivations to be going, especially the way, like... The more he goes throughout this movie, the more he realizes that he doesn't necessarily have this place in the world that he used to. And he doesn't yeah. know what his place is anymore. To that extent, I like the I want to stay bit. But like Indy, first and foremost, is a historian and a architect or not an architect, archaeologist. No way would he ever actually want to stay. No. And it's like, okay, accept it. It's dumb. Farthest. Far from the dumbest thing in this movie, though. <laughs> like, no, it was just one of those things of like, okay, he's delirious. He's been through a traumatic experience. He got shot. Like, okay, whatever. We can just chalk it up to that. But at that point, I'd know, forgotten he got character. shot. Like when he saw when they're talking to Archimedes, I had forgotten that he was shot. <laughs> See, I mean, that was the other thing for me. It was just like, okay, yeah, he's delirious because he's dealing with this gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there is the justifications there and like the legit story reasons. I still love that he gets knocked out, and yeah. I love this ending so much. Um, everyone getting to be a family together, him reuniting with uh, with Marion. Um, like I said, the the one thing I legitimately love about Crystal Skull is that it bring you reunites him and Marion at the end, and lets yeah. them have their happy ending. I like that they and, keep the happy ending. And like the most like the, the the best thing that this film does is it uses plot from Crystal Skull in a way that makes this movie better. Right? Oh, yeah. Like the 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 thing that drove a wedge between Marion and Indy, the death of their son, like it it adds volume to this that otherwise we wouldn't have you know. Why let the Shia LaBeouf get, keep movie. getting killed off screen in the franchise this season? But because he doesn't really act much anymore. And when he did, he kind of sucked. If we're being honest, there's also that. No, I, I really liked him in the first two. Now, what the first Transformers movie? I can't give Ed, the second movie any credit. To be fair, yeah. But I love this, like this, this world where they're in at the end of this right of like. Indy and Marion, Indy and Marion happily together, like probably keeping an eye on Helena with, with whatever she's doing next, yeah, while also right. helping Sala raise his grandkids. Like, see, making sure that those three are still together at the end of this was is need. like that's what made the movie for me. It was just yeah. seeing this happy ending and having it end on the the hat, him grabbing the hat, and then the circle wipe to black him hanging the hat up one last time mm -hmm. well it's funny he didn't hang up the hat 
like are someone else had to have. Thing. So he's yeah the the implications of it yada yada yada, but ultimately yeah I think this is a very fun decent movie like I can see why you don't love it I can see why folks don't love it, but for me as a like massive indie fan like yeah if you're an perfect. indie fan you should have already seen this movie i i can understand waiting for streaming if you're in a position where like you've got other obligations you've got kids your entertainment budget has taken a hit due to the ongoing you know financial situation going on globally um i don't i have if i have to choose between ten dollar cheese and a ten dollar movie ticket it's it's a hard decision to make um I feel like but at the end of the day the i mean i'd rather not spend ten dollars on cheese uh, I guess I live close to a creamery that makes cheese, so. Oh, you are such a fucking hipster. No, it's just that Tillamook is a massively popular franchise that's based out of Oregon, so. And that also makes sense. Um, but it, it's just one of the, like, I understand, you know, your entertainment budget doesn't stretch as far as it once did, and I think that might be another factor to the whole Hollywood blockbuster summer of disillusion i guess yeah you mentioned at the top but like the blockbuster fatigue is real going into this movie oh yeah i think it's just i think it a lot a lot of it is probably just entertainment budget tightening and people having to be more selective with their budget so i'm going to be interested to see what happens next weekend with mission impossible a film with as much press as it's gotten a film with as much history for the franchise I still think it's probably going to bomb at the box office too. I would bet you that the only movie coming out soon that doesn't, the only movies that don't come out. No, actually, yeah, singular. I think the only movie that comes out soon that isn't bombing is Barbie. I think Mission Impossible is going to bomb. I think Oppenheimer is going to bomb. I think Haunted Mansion is going to bomb. I don't think Oppenheimer bombs at this point, mostly due to the memeability of Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out the same weekend. Three hours. I honestly think finish. Oppenheimer is going to do numbers above Barbie three hour long movie. I think that's going to push people he off. Puts in seats. He does, but not the way he used to. Not when there's this many movies out competing for attention. Not when one of the biggest movies of the year comes out the same day as his. Like, yeah, I think ev- so many movie things I'm coming out. I'm really... disappointed that's going to bomb is the haunted mansion. Like that movie's going to bomb. I'm lucky. I'm very much lucky that I don't have to budget around movies. Because I have well, you you choose to budget where you do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have my twenty bucks a month that I spend. I make sure to go see two movies, and suddenly I've well overspent, um, or well gone too far. You've broken even at that point. Yeah, Yeah. like that's how I budget these things out. But like, I do still budget things like uh, video video games in particular, where it's like, oh, not getting that, don't have the money for that, not getting that, don't have the money for that, not getting that, don't have the money for that. It's very much that way with the summer. There is so much coming out that no one person can go see it all. Unless I mean, this people is like will, the only thing you care get, about or you're massively wealthy. Or you're getting, or you're pressed and you're just getting invited to everything. Yeah, exactly. Which reminds me, press, invite us. We both live th- too far away from any of these things to actually go. But no, no we don't. Oh, actually, no, you live in Toronto. You Things happen in I live Toronto. in Toronto. I have friends that go to screenings all the time. I mean, I was talking more like red carpet events, but we we do red carpet events. I, mean, I realize Canadian premieres are all the Canadian premiere is almost always in Toronto. Yeah, no one cares about the Canadian premiere though. Uh, um, <laughs> who played Casey Lang? Uh, Catherine Newton. Newton, yeah, right. No, she was uh, she was in the Canadian premiere of Ant Man. So you shut up. I think she also Canadian. 
or something. I don't know. There are a lot of Canadians in the MCU. There's a, there's a weirdly so. large amount of Canadians in the MCU. It's like, it's, it's almost comical. But no, I think that, yeah, when there's so much coming out, right? Like we mentioned with Barbie and Oppenheimer, like. Born in Orlando, Florida, USA. So, so. far as possible. No, uh, no. Okay. Orlando is basically a part of Canada at this point. You don't want it to is cheaper for me this summer to fly to Orlando than it is to, for me to fly to another part of Canada. Mitch, trust me, as the American, you don't want to be claiming any part of Florida. We we only claim the good part, the, which the, is the, the Disney part. Yeah, good luck getting that away from Disney. Um, no, nah, I you you got to pick and choose, and that's really yeah. what it's coming down to with a lot of these budgets. Like I don't, or not budgets, but these box offices. I hope beyond hope that the takeaway from this summer is not, oh, these movies aren't making money anymore. It's we need to make smaller budgets. I really hope that that's the takeaway. It's not going to be, it's going, the takeaway that these big CEOs chance. are going to be is, oh, we're not making as much money as we used to. And that's shit. Let's start firing people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just bad management, which is most CEO management. I think that a lot of these movies need to have their budgets pulled back. This is the 13th most expensive movie to be made ever. Indiana Jones is the 13th most expensive movie. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's like, as much as I enjoyed the movie, it just shouldn't need that much of a budget. I don't know where most of that budget went. Most of it went in making Harrison Ford look like he was 40 again. I don't know, man. Because that's one particular team in a massive CG team, plus your makeup, music, writers, yada, yada, yada. All the writers, there's a fraction of it. Pay your fucking writers. Companies. I mean, we're starting to see some of the ramifications of that. Uh, the Bad Bunny spider villain movie got canned. Woo. Let's be honest. That was always going to get canned. That was it. El, El Muerto or something. Yeah, I think that's right. Now, I think, yeah, I think we're in a really, we're, we're in a crossroads for movies, especially with theaters right now. Which way are we going to go? With the budgets of the movies, with the box offices we're seeing, with the writer's strike, with whatever's going to happen with the, with the uh, with SAG-AFTRA. Like, we're at a crossroads. With streaming. Like, what, what is the shift to direct-to-consumer going to look like as more and more studios invest the time and budget into their streaming options as opposed to investing in theaters? Yeah, it's... <sighs> I could not tell you where we're going from here, but we're riding the wave. <laughs> the, the, the it's the sad thing in all this is that like the the people who typically take the hit are the creatives in this are the people who are giving us the awesome content that they're we're getting like i hope we see more of this um but who's to say i don't know i think we're at a weird point in mitch's Reading something weird, possibly horrifying, based off of the look of his face. Okay. I gotta stop Googling shit while we're recording. Did you know that they did an El Muerto adaptation in 2007 starring, starring Wilmer Valderrama? No. But I feel like we could make a compilation at this point of you saying, I should not be Googling things during the show. Or I should not be on Twitter during the show. You gotta take the internet away from me when we're doing this. How are we gonna record? It's literally impossible. 
don't know carrier pigeon all right that's it we're wrapping the show um we'll wrap final thoughts mitch is indiana jones worth going and seeing in theaters if you're a fan of indiana jones yes if not wait for disney plus see i'm still i am still go see it it is worth seeing in theaters it is another while it is ip it's still original um it's not a recreation of something else it is a fantastic way to wrap this franchise and i think it's worth it especially the the final five minutes of this film is worth seeing and alone if you can afford it of course yeah now mitch we've wrapped it up we've got plenty of other stuff to do i could use a nap before going and seeing the next five movies where can people find us how many mo- you're going tonight oh my god oh no i'm not going at tonight D but plus- i do gotta go do my laundry <laughs> yeah i, I kind of want to go see transformers tonight at d plus us on all the socials that's your tiktoks your instagrams your your youtubes your twitters at d plus us griffin's all over the internet at griffy d-pad is set off the top g-r-i-f-f-i-d-p-a-d I'm on the internet at Mr. Mitch George. Links at MitchGeorge.com. Yeah, check us out. Also, everywhere. threads is a thing now. You Should can catch us there too? eventually when we create an account for that. Uh, I know we have our personal accounts on threads already, so go follow us there. Um, yeah. I'm already posting to, stupid shit. <laughs> I need to finish the profile for our show's account on Instagram and then can create a threads account from See, that. They but just I also don't know. Sorry, go ahead. They need to give us the ability to all be logged into multiple accounts at once. So, well, that, I didn't even know if that was an option in Threads yet or it's not, not. So that's why I didn't. Oh, okay. Um, we'll make a Threads account. Beta, where we it's know... already better than Elon Musk's thing, so much so that he is trying to call Zuckerberg out on Twitter for to have a literal dick measuring contest. There, he's already suing them. Um, oh, but, I know. I know. We'll, we'll no, talk about uh, it. There, admittedly, wrap the thing. before we wrap it, there are admittedly. Uh, Lots of data concerns around threads. Know that before you sign up for threads. Um, literally, it's not allowed in the EU because of said data concerns. So just keep that in mind before you download it. Clearly, we don't get Well, that. is it the data concerns or is it more so that they need more time to clear it through? No, it is legit. It is, it's legit the data concerns. Oh, okay. I mean, um, Facebook already knows everything about you anyway. But Yeah, that's where I feel. Uh, yeah, go check out our other stuff uh, everywhere, especially TikTok. We're going to be putting up new stuff soon. Uh, We will see y'all in the next episode, but until then, have a magical day.